The reading today is from Romans chapter 3. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did this to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So for those who've been away, we finished Mark last Sunday. And as I was thinking of what we might do, In this next period of uh, preaching series, we've been doing, um, or you will hear in a few weeks' time, about a course that you've been hearing about it up until now, but a little bit more clearly over the, uh, maybe in a couple or three weeks' time, a discovery course that Tear Fund runs that some of us did in March, and it has been used as a a kind of a a resource as we've been trying to set up um, our outreach in the Holy Land and at Queen's and down Botanic. As we've begun to look at what we do in the neighbourhood, we have been trying through discovery to see if there's resources or thoughts that Tearfund might have had that would help us on that journey. And the first step of that discovery course was to celebrate who you are, to think who are we, what have we got, and therefore what goes out into the neighbourhood. And so for the next number of weeks, I want us to be thinking about who are we as Fitzroy Presbyterian Church? Um, What does this bunch as I have on the front of the order of service of ragamuffins look like? What is our past? What is our contribution? What have we been doing? What are we good at? What are the things that we could do that we haven't been good at? And so that's what we'll be doing over the course of these next weeks. And for the first two Sundays, I want us to look maybe a little bit more biblically and theologically about who we are in 
our faith and where we've come from. Might be ABC, but it's always good to be reminded. And it's always good to remember who we are at the very core before we move forward. So, the title this morning, We Are All Ragamuffins, Everything is Broken. I've been kind of thinking when, you know, you start to think, who are we? I started to see your little faces all popping into my head. And I started to think, what a bunch, what a menagerie of quirks and foibles we are in Fitzroy. Just, I mean, if you want to have a wee glance around. <laughs> but I know that in your mind even, you're just going through the flicker cards there and look at you and look at me. Proof indeed that you're a bunch of quirks and foibles. And as I was thinking about that as the ragamuffins that we are, I uh, found myself because it's the first week back in a newspaper shop early of the morning and right there in the headline on uh, Thursday morning in the newsletter is this broken ulster. So as someone who believes that the church should be a kingdom sort of breaking in to a broken world, that headline caught my eye. I thought, what does that mean to us as a congregation? What does that mean for us as Tomorrow, many of you will go out into places of influence across the city and beyond, trying to make an impression into a little country at the moment that the newspaper, through the statistics coming out of Stormont, is saying, we are broken. Poverty, drug and alcohol abuse, broken families, mental illness, all seemingly on the increase. Now, I put something up on my blog as I do and um, got into discussion and debate about is the world better or worse than it was 50 or 100 years ago because there's no smog and there's better health and all kinds of other stuff. And I guess the conclusion of that is this, that we are a broken people and we've always had breakdown personally and societally whatever the year and we as a church have to ask ourselves what impression we're making that's page one page three historic church holds final service another Presbyterian church in the city centre or near the city centre closing and being amalgamated many of you passed lots of churches in your choice of coming to Fitzroy over the last 10, 15 or 20 years but as the years have gone on you've passed less and less churches as you've been coming to Fitzroy and is there a link between our involvement in the broken Ulster and the vision that we have to be a vibrant missional church in our areas that might just keep us alive. That's where we're heading. But I realized as I saw Broken Ulster, and it led me to Bob Dylan, which has caused more discussion on my blog over the course of the last 24 hours. But he had a song called Everything is Broken. Broken bottles, broken plates, broken switches, broken gates 
broken dishes, broken parts. Streets are filled with broken hearts. Broken words never meant to be spoken. Everything is broken. It's a biblical theme. And we are ragamuffins. And we are all broken. Right at the start in Genesis, we hear about the breaking. Breaking of relationships. Relationships with the creator. Relationship with the creation. Relationship with each other. Everything was broken. And when we come to today's reading, my word, the first part of it, a string of Old Testament quotes that Paul brings together, it's a bleak picture of humanity. And it reminds us that everything is broken. I thought during Fitzroy Family Focus I might not have time to think too much about this, but if you look at that passage, you will see at the start of the passage in chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, What advantage then is there in being a Jew, or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. What he says at the start of the chapter is, to be the people of God, to be the family of God, there are advantages. But when it comes to this judgment of humanity, in verse 9, what shall we include then? Are we any better? The answer is not at all. As we meet as a fellowship, as we meet as a bunch of ragamuffins, we are broken. We have an advantage in that we have met Jesus by grace through faith and the work that he's done for us so amazingly laid out in the second half of Romans chapter 3. Almost tempted me to do Romans as a series, but I've got to be more experienced in series lives before I, our series life before I take on Romans. But it's so clear in what has happened to us in the grace of God to restore us. But all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are still all broken. I was thinking as I, because um, this sermon has been interesting because it's been, you know, theologically thinking about who we are as a people, but seriously, as I've prepared, all your little faces have been popping into my mind and I've been thinking just coming back from holidays and seeing you guys back from holidays just how glorious it is and warm for us as a family to be members of Fitzroy. But as I look at us all, I'm reminded of another, my favorite band, Over the Rhine's Line. I see 80% angel, but I see 10% demon, and the rest is hard to explain. It's who we are. So much good within us all. But that percentage that just can't, and even when we try to, we're trying to just do the things we don't want to do and not do the things that we do want to do, as Paul says further on in this letter. And then there's the, over the Rhine, we're never in Fitzroy, but they got it right. There is something that's hard to explain. And our particular bunch of ragamuffins. And that led me to where I'd started, I guess, with Brennan Manning's book, Ragamuffin Gospel. And if you haven't read that, it's quite an interesting read. But he starts it off um, <clears throat> by saying who the book is not for. And I use that to say who we are not. And then he says who it is for, and I say that's what we're about and who we're for. So if you're a visitor among us today, look around you. You'll see 80% angel. 
You'll see 10% demon and the rest. I can't really explain to you. But I'll tell you what we're not, as uh, Brennan Manning puts it. We are not super spiritual. We are not muscular Christians who have made John Wayne and not Jesus our hero. We are not academics who would imprison Jesus in the ivory tower of exegesis. We are not noisy, feel-good folks who manipulate Christianity into a naked appeal to emotion. We're not hallelujah Christians who live only on the mountaintop and have never visited the valley of desolation. Think of our last piece of worship. We are not the fearless and tearless. We are not red-hot zealots who boast with the rich young ruler of the Gospels, all these commands I have kept from my youth. We are not the complacent who hoist over their shoulders a tote bag of honours, diplomas and good works, actually believing that we have made it. We are not legalists who would rather surrender control of our souls to rules than run the risk of living in union with Jesus. No, we are not these things. We are the bedraggled, the beat up and the burnt out. We are the sorely burdened who are still shifting the heavy suitcase from one hand to the other. We are the wobbly and the weak need who know they don't have it all together and are at times too foolish and too proud to accept the handout of God's amazing grace. We are inconsistent. We are unsteady disciples whose cheese are falling off our cracker. That's Manning, not me. We are poor, we are weak, we are sinful men and women with hereditary faults and limited talents. We are earthen vessels who shuffle along on feet of clay. We are the bent and the bruised who feel that their lives are a grave disappointment to God. We are smart people who know how stupid we are and honest disciples who admit that they are scallywags. Well, at least that's the minister they called. And if you've called the minister, I guess that's a reflection of yourself. We are ragamuffins. We are struggling, falling, tumbling and stumbling towards Jesus. And Romans 3 is far more gloomy than that. But as we list or we hear this list of all these things that we are as fallen, tainted human beings, amazingly crashing into Romans 3, like angels lighting up a sky on the first Christmas morning, comes this amazing word. But. But. Verse 21. But. And the rest of the chapter changes. Yes, we're ragamuffins. Yes, we're broken. Yes, when I actually said that we were 10% demon, you even went... And brought out the demon within you because you knew that it was right there. But we are saved by grace. Old fashioned in its statement. But true in reality. A righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known. This righteousness comes from God and is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Yes, we are a bunch of ragamuffins visitors. But we believe that we've got an advantage. 
because God has crashed into our lives and is setting up foundations that do not only improve the lives that we live, but improve the service that we give to those around us. We have waited patiently for the Lord, Psalm 40. And he has inclined and he's heard our cry. And he's brought us out of the pit, out of the miry clay. As you two who claim to have written that with David, you understand. Not in the same room at the same time, but there you go. As they put it themselves, grace. She takes the blame and covers the shame. She removes the stain. Grace, it's a name for a girl, but also a thought that can change the world. Grace finds beauty in ugly things. Grace finds beauty in everything. Everything is broken. But grace finds beauty in everything. Or, as a more popular band than you two at the moment, Mumford and Sons put it, it seems that all my bridges have been burned, but you say that's exactly how this grace thing works. It's not the long walk home that will change this heart, but the welcome I receive at the restart. What a concept. What a concept. When the prodigal comes to his senses, when he's got to the very bottom, and he realizes there's nowhere further that he can go down, and he comes to his senses, he immediately starts to do deals. If I could go back to my father's house, I could be a servant of his. He could give me an outhouse. If I go home to him, and if I could talk to him about it, and if I could say, look, I don't want to go back in the house, just give me one of the outhouses. If I could go into the outhouse, and maybe I could get myself together, maybe then I could restore my relationship with my father. That's when he comes to his senses and thinks. He's a ragamuffin, he's broken, he's realized he's broken. And suddenly he says to himself, I could wheel and deal here. I could get myself back by doing this or doing that or doing the other. But it's not the long working himself into a relationship with his father that is the grace of the story. It's the welcome he receives at the restart. The father who didn't go after him, didn't chase him. The father who gave him The inheritance. And probably as he was given it said, you're going to have to blow this before you make it back home. But I'm going to sit here in the pain of your, in the emptiness of you not being here. But when he sees him, when he sees that he's got to the bottom and he sees that he knows he's broken and that he realizes he's a ragamuffin, then he doesn't make many steps on that road back home because the father is running to him with all the grace of open arms and throwing parties. As Mumford and Sons puts it, for the prodigal son, it was the welcome he received at the restart. And so we are ragamuffins. Everything is broken. But God has welcomed us home because he loves us. You're loved. I am loved. It's not a theory. God didn't throw it out there somewhere in the middle of the universe and it whipped its way down to earth. 
He demonstrated his love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So three things before we come to the table where we remember all this. Where ragamuffins come. All welcome as ragamuffins. All coming admitting that everything is broken. And somehow through this bread and through this wine, grace is received in tangible ways that take the ragamuffins out to do what we're called to do tomorrow. Three things. One, we're dependent on this grace. We can't do it without this grace. This grace is the advantage we have. It gets us into the kingdom. It energizes us in the kingdom. And it's how then we need to relate to each other. We're starting back. There's going to be committees. Lots of committees. Monday, Tuesday and Thursday in the months this week. After the evening prayer event. Oh, it's busy. And you know what? There's going to be moments... When you disagree with the people sitting around you right now. Sometimes we'll laugh about it and sometimes you'll take it home with you. And you know what we need to do in those moments? We need to remember. We're ragamuffins. We're 80% angel. 10% demon. And the rest of those committee meetings is going to be very hard to explain. But we've got to treat each other knowing that we're not expecting perfection from each other. We're expecting the quirks and foibles to come out because we're broken. And I've got loads of them. And you called me. I've got a big list of all your names signed. But this is who I am. And it's going to happen. I'm going to come in on a Sunday morning. I'm going to say I should have thought more about that last night. We're going to give Whitney the thing there rather than there. And I'm going to turn the whole order of service on its head. And some of the worship men will be going, why did he not think about that on Tuesday? Why did he not wait? I'm sorry, I'm a ragamuffin. I'm broken. I'm not making it as an excuse. I need to sort some of it out. But as I sort it out, we need to treat each other with grace. doesn't mean you can't fire off in the right context. But it means that we love each other as ragamuffins and broken people the way that God loved us as ragamuffins and broken people. And we begin to make beauty out of quirks and foibles. And then we need to take this grace to the heart of the country. We are ministering in a country that is being called this week Broken Ulster. And wherever you're engaging tomorrow with that brokenness, and most of us in the week that's ahead and in the week that's behind have ministered to brokenness, whether in our family situations, whether in the people around us where we've tried to befriend whether in our places of work or just stumbling across it, we have dealt with brokenness. And this grace that somehow enables us not to be better than anybody out there, but to have the resource of God's grace in our lives. 
goes out to minister and to love. There are ragamuffins out there. They're broken. But as I see broken Ulster, I ask myself, is it their fault? Or is it our fault that we've let things get to where they've gone? Oh yes, theologically, biblically, we know it's broken. But let me finish with, quickly, because I don't want us to be here all day, but let me finish with one story that might just take us back to last week and the getting out of the bond, if you were here. It'll come up again in the weeks to come. You've been on holidays. A strange bedroom. Woke up. Too much milk the night before. Had to get to the ensuite in your hotel bedroom. But it was dark. Couldn't find the light because it's not in the same place as it is in Maryville Park or wherever you live. You reached out. It's the wrong thing. You knocked your glasses on the ground. That cup of water you had beside the bed knocked over. Still couldn't find a light. So by the time you get to the ensuite, you're pretty angry. Now, who are you angry with? Are you angry with the dark? Did you expect it to be anything other than dark when you woke up in the middle of the night wherever you were? Or were you angry that the light didn't go on? Was the problem with the fumbling and the stumbling and the knocking over the dark? Or the lack of light? It's a dark world in the streets around Fitzroy. And we could tut tut and say, what a dark world they're getting themselves into. But that little bit of light that shines on a Thursday night, as Maureen was talking about a little bit earlier, and maybe the other little bits of light this week, is maybe somebody just, even if we open up for a week and one person comes in and they just share their lives with somebody at the door. Don't blame the dark for being dark. Blame the light for not shining. We are called and are more equipped to bring healing to a broken ulster than all the papers that Stormont will bring as MLAs. We're broken. We're loved by God and we have grace as our resource. So let's use that grace as we treat each other and then let's take that grace to the streets and homes and shops and everywhere else of a broken ulster. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that we are ragamuffins and that we don't do the things we long to do, that we do many things that we really don't want to do, that there's things within us that are hidden from even those closest to us and certainly hidden from the wider fellowship. But we thank you, Lord, that we know your grace, that we know that we're loved as we are, and that even in our lives as we look back, we can see how that love and that grace has been changing us into who you would dream for us to be. We pray that as we realize we're ragamuffins, that we would treat one another the same, that we would tolerate and be gracious to our foibles and quirks, our feelings and sin. And that that would bring us as a fellowship stronger to take this grace out. May your grace have full reign in our lives 
and in our fellowship. And may it spill out onto the streets. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.